you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. To our guests that are with us, thank you for choosing to be here at Christian Life Church on this Sunday morning. Amen. Luke chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, and I will turn to verse number 38 of Luke chapter 10. And we'll be reading down through verse number 42. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bitter, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part. I want you to say that with me, that good part. Which shall not be taken away from her. By the help of the Lord today, I want to speak to you for a little while on the subject, the balance of doing and being, the balance of doing and being. Would you pray with me for the help of the Lord today? God, we ask for your help to deliver the word of the Lord. Your anointed word is already inspired, but I pray for the inspiration of your servant today, Lord. My words, where they fall short, your spirit would speak to the hearts of people and accomplish the purpose for which you're sending your word this morning. God, that every person in this room may be strengthened and helped and increased and encouraged to serve you in Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be seated today. A few weeks ago, the Lord woke me up very, very early in the morning with 
a very deep and personal thought regarding the balance of doing and being. I, I know when, the Lord, when it's from the Lord and when the Lord wakes me to speak to me, without a doubt, without a doubt, as, as much as I'm assured of being in this room with you today, I am certain that the Lord began to deal with me. Martha was good at doing. Mary was gifted at being. But neither of them could survive in one another's world if they did only what came natural to them. Martha doing and Mary being. Perhaps Mary was also a doer. But Jesus said, catch this, that she has chosen the good part. Mary chose the good part. I want you to watch those words very carefully as we enter into this thought this morning. Mary made a decision. She had chosen. But also notice that sitting at the feet of Jesus was not all that Mary did because Jesus said it was part of what Mary did. She chose. She made an intellectual decision to do the good part instead of the rest. My thought process over the last few weeks since the Lord spoke to me, seven and a half billion people on this planet that need Jesus. And how am I spending the majority of my time and my best efforts? It's convicting. My wife and I spent the first three and a half years of our ministry traveling as an evangelist after marriage. We moved here to Frankfurt for five months and then left to Georgia with three weeks scheduled to preach. And our return was only after an extended illness of our late bishop. Truthfully, three and a half years of traveling as an evangelist, I, I must admit that I, I was never truly called to be an evangelist. I was called to do the work of the Lord, and it was the area that was open. I told friends a few weeks ago, it seems that this year has been the year that I have been preaching out probably more than, than I have preached out since I have been pastoring here in Frankfurt. I've spent several several Fridays and Saturdays and even a few Sundays preaching out. I actually am scheduled and will be preaching a two o'clock service this afternoon. And so I've been doing a lot of traveling and preaching out, but I told a friend a few weeks, a few weeks ago that my opportunities to preach out is from one of two groups of people. 
It's either my close friends that haven't seen me in a while that desperately want to see my wife and I and uh, they just know it's the only way they can get me to visit or either it's someone who got a last minute cancellation and couldn't find anybody else to fill in, which such is the point today. I'm unsure who the most miserable was in those days of travel, of evangelizing three and a half years. I'm sure it was my wife. She endured my mediocrity. Maybe it was the good churches that suffered the most or the pastors who gave me opportunity on their platform as I was learning the, the ropes of evangelizing and preaching it's, it's so very important that each of us today become comfortable. We recognize, first of all, and secondly, we become comfortable with our gifts and our callings, and we learn to operate within our gifts and our callings. Doubtful that any of you this morning would want me to do surgery on your brain. I have to operate within my gifts and callings. Let's answer a question about Martha and Mary. First of all, when we think of Mary and we think of Martha, the first thought comes to mind is that Martha was the doer and Mary was gifted at being. And so, Immediately we say that's their thing, that's, that's where they fit, that's what they're supposed to do. I, I didn't come today with, with one of the psychological evaluation or gifts and talents evaluation questionnaires that could have been passed out today and you could have filled it in and you could have discovered certain things about your personality, your giftings, your likings. And you could have said, this is what I prefer. This is what I like to do. This is what I would want to do. This is where I would fit. This is where I could serve in the church. It would have been interesting, maybe fun for some. But let's answer a question about Martha and Mary. First, let's begin with Martha. She was probably a widow. Who, who was she? She was probably a widow and likely owned the house that she lived in by best explanation that I can read her younger brother Lazarus and her sister Mary lived with her they had many visits by their home from Jesus he made his way by their place Martha had a reason to be anxious it without a doubt was her her gifting and she had guests in her home and she cared about how well her guests were taken care of. And this is a good thing, wouldn't you say? Before we become critical of Martha, perhaps we should learn that traveling is so different from the driver's seat than it is from the back seat. My wife rides with me in the car. We're going down the road. Everything is going perfectly well until she gives me a heart attack by going, ah! I slam on brakes, look in all the mirrors, whip toward the shoulder of the road, and I'm going, what is it, what is it, what is it, what is it? 
And she said, I thought that car up there is going to change lanes. Thankfully, she doesn't do that when she drives. When it's your reputation on the line, you do care. And when you're in the driver's seat and all responsibility is on you as it was Martha, for visitors come to her house, she cares. She's paying attention. Let's be careful about becoming critical of Martha. Her reputation is on the line. She cares about how her guests is being, are being treated. Martha's response was quite normal. As the eldest and the hostess, she was concerned about her guest. She was the one with the responsibility for everything. The meal, the clean house, all the things, everything in order. She was terribly concerned. Our text isn't the first time that Martha is caught focusing on serving. Notice her actions that are recorded in John chapter 11, verses 19 and 20, when Lazarus died. The scripture said, And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went out and met him. She's concerned. She wants him to feel welcome. She wants him to know she's dealing with a dead brother, but she hears Jesus is coming, and she automatically kicks into work mode and says, I have responsibilities that are on me, and she runs out to meet Jesus. Let's look at another opportunity to take a little peek into Martha's world in John chapter 12. Listen to Mar- Martha's reaction just before Jesus' crucifixion. John chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised for the dead, from the dead. There they made him a supper. And Martha served. You get this? Every time we find Martha, it's in the DNA of who she is. It's her gifts, it's her talents, but it's also her area of concern. She is concerned. It's her home. It's her reputation. She's the eldest, and so she's always leading the younger sister around, and she's the first Remarkable that the Bible speaks of Mary and Martha. It talks about Bethany being a certain city, but it talks about Martha being a certain lady, a certain woman. Martha was a doer. She got things done. Her priority in most cases was serving. What's your gift? What is it that you do? But maybe, maybe, maybe serving wasn't all that Martha did. She also had a relationship with Jesus. It sounds to me like serving was part, everybody say part, part of what Martha did. Jesus said she has chosen the good part. Now let's look at Mary. Mary was the younger sister of Martha, so the question is, why wasn't she helping? 
Martha is concerned. She goes to Jesus and tattles on the younger sister and says, Would you please stop the fanfare of her coming and sitting at your feet? Let's read the account in John chapter 12. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus Lazarus had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. But there they made him suffer. supper. Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. We're looking, we're taking a peek into the basic attitude and basic action, the first response kind of action of Mary and Martha. What a beautiful picture of worship as Mary comes and sits at the feet of Jesus and anoints Him with a very precious ointment. But Martha became upset and asked Jesus to rebuke Mary for not helping. For all of the doers in the house, it's easy to become upset when you feel like you are the only one doing. Maybe it's the moms in the house who feels like none of the kids ever help clean the house. I thought I'd have got an amen there. Or dads that feel like they work all day, come home with a honey-do list, a yard to mow, cars to take care of, and they feel like they're not getting any help. Martha, Martha is confused and upset and frustrated. It seems that all of the Marys are being blessed by His presence while we are investing all of our energy and time into the doing. But Jesus responds in Luke chapter 10 verse 41. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. He, the repeat of her name is stop and pay attention. Stop doing long enough to listen to me. Martha, Martha, stop. Listen, pay attention to what I'm about to say. It to say, I'm going to compliment you first. Jesus does. He says, Thou art careful, but you are troubled about many things. You have too many irons in the fire, so to speak. You have too many things going. You are too busy. You are too caught up with activity. You are more concerned with activity than productivity. You're busy, you're working, and you're frustrated over a lot of things. One thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part, the good part of her relationship, the good part of her personality, the good part of her function. Mary chose it at this moment. And no, Martha, I will not rebuke Mary for for taking this moment and spending it with me. I will not take it away from her, he says. Jesus didn't rebuke Martha for doing, but he reminded her that he desires more than just doing. He also asks us to be, to do and to be. Martha, 
Thank you for the dinner. Thank you for the nice supper. Thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for welcoming me into your home. But I would rather have your worship than your works. I hope the Holy Ghost speaks to somebody's heart this morning because we can get busy teaching classes, working, ushering, greeting, working in the parking lot, maintaining the campus, cleaning the the church, going on visitation, showing up to prayer meeting, inviting guests to come. But in the middle of all of the things that the Lord says, do this and do this and go there and go into all the world. But in the middle of all of it, there is one thing that trumps all of our doing And that is, he says, but I would rather you be a worshiper. I would rather you be a child of God that wants to be in my presence. I would rather you be in my presence than do the whole list and get it all right. Sometimes people see Martha as practical and Mary as spiritual. And since Jesus favors Mary at this point in Scripture, they think that they have scriptural reference, that spiritual trumps practical every time. But that would be a bit of oversimplification. What about when practical is spiritual? What about when doing is the most spiritual thing that is available at that moment? Or it's a necessity. We all talk about the man who was let down through the roof in the middle of the house and Jesus heals him. Nobody stops to talk about the four men that were letting him down. And they certainly, nobody goes back and says, after they tore up the roof, who goes back and patches the roof and makes sure that the house is able to house Jesus when he comes back again? We all want to be the one that is in the spotlight of the spiritual moment. After all, hospitality is a really big thing in Scripture. Give Martha a break here. Martha is hosting Jesus and his disciples. That is a really big deal, wouldn't you say? Jesus and his disciples are stopping by for lunch tomorrow. Most of you would be excusing yourself mid-sermon to go home and start cleaning house. Dylan had a couple of friends came and visited during general conference. And when we got word that they were coming, my wife immediately went into action and started cleaning house. In the next two days, she spent cleaning house. And I couldn't figure out why in the world is she going to such extravagant details of cleaning and putting things together and making everything just look so well and everything. And I said, Annette, what are you doing? Well, we have conference coming. We have a lot going on. And you're spending a lot of time on the house. She said, we have guests coming. I have to have the house in order. She said, they're not going to be looking at Dylan when the house is a mess. They're going to be looking at me. I didn't tell her that I intentionally drove home on Wednesday so that I could re-clean the house because you could have, should have seen the mess that Dylan left. 
So I cleaned the house, put things back together. You know why? Because they weren't looking at Dylan and saying, look how messy he is. They'd be looking at mom and dad saying, look how messy their house is. It's important to me, and it's important to my wife because we had guests coming to our house. If it was the disciples and Jesus, it's even a bigger deal. It's a major ordeal. They have to clean. They have to cook. The, the dinner has to be perfect. This is a practical thing, but it's connected to some spiritual men. Hospitality is a big deal in Scripture. The word for serving in verse 40 is the same Greek word from which we get our word deacon. Interesting, interesting, which means servant. It's a godly thing to serve. So much so that the early church creates an office for servers called deacons And they had specific jobs and qualifications that they had to meet. Not anybody could be a deacon. The scripture lays out, this is what you have to do if you're going to be a deacon. It was very important who is serving. Serving is a big deal. Martha is in her home. Serving is a big deal to her. But then Jesus said, I came not to be served but to serve. So what's wrong with Martha serving? I think a clue here might clearly be the words that Jesus used when he said, you are encumbered about with much serving. A little look into that. The scripture actually is saying you're distracted by many things. You, you have distractions. If we're not careful, CLC, in the middle of all of our activity, planning daughter works, growing churches, doing evangelism, doing outreach, having prayer meetings, teaching Bible studies, teaching classes, having events, leading small groups, attending all these things, serving the poor all the things that we do here at CLC, in the middle of it all we have to be careful that we don't become distracted about the one thing that Jesus says is the most important and that is when you come to the house of God, no longer do you need to think about, I've got this to do and that to do, the Lord's saying I'm looking for somebody to come into my house and say you, entertaining you right now, my worship is the most important thing I can do at this moment. If we're not careful, we'll get distracted. The Greek word, word here suggests the dragging of things around. The phraseology used here looks like that what Jesus is saying to her, you are pulling heavy loads of baggage with you. There is so much you are encumbered about. You are overcome with all of the responsibilities of life. Raising your children, getting them to school, getting them to church, getting them to all the activities and practices and rehearsals and making sure they make it to the parties and get here on Wednesday night and get homework done. And Yet you still have all the other responsibilities and, and chores and duties and The things you have to do, you're pulling so much around with you. Jesus says, Martha, you have gotten distracted. He didn't rebuke her for serving. He rebuked her for the distractions that is keeping her from recognizing that there is something more important than doing, and that is being in his presence. Martha stressed out. Anybody ever been there? 
Thank you. One person. Wow. Two. I'm in there with you, Sister Wanda. Stressed out over responsibility. The to-do list is too long. It seems it'll never get done. There's so much to do, and it's all important. And you know you're never going to get it all done, and you feel overwhelmed. And Jesus is saying, why do you worry over so many things? Why are you taking responsibility upon yourself that I never intended you to take upon yourself? There's only one thing that really matters, Martha. CLC, can I remind you today that it would be so easy for every one of us to get distracted? Let me just speak freely. Let me just pastor a little bit, or some of you like to say pester a little bit. Let me just pester you a little bit. Out of all the responsibilities that we have and the things we're concerned with, what concerns me the most is when we come in the house of the Lord and we begin to worship and sing and altar call comes and we become more enamored with our job title or job description. And we become more overwhelmed with responsibility and feel like we got to just get this done. And the reason is, is because we're a church full of doers. We're a church full of people. I thank God for that. You're not lazy. You like, you want to get things done. You believe in excellence. You're concerned about what people, I thank you for that. That's all wonderful things. But can we change a little dynamic around CLC? And that is the moment that it strikes time for us to start church. There is nothing more important than us engaging in worship. I want to lay aside every weight. I want to lay aside every thought. I want to leave what we're doing and what we've done. And I, it, it, me being an usher, me being a greeter, me being a worker around the church, me being a musician or a choir member, it's not as important as me being a worshiper. Me having a sermon to preach is not as important as me getting in tune with the Holy Ghost and being a worshiper. Mary chose the good part at this part of the service. I want to engage. I want to engage in what he's doing. We could get so busy all the while. There's that thing that matters most. We're all called to serve. Please, if you use this text as a as an excuse to say, well, I show up to church and worship so I don't have other responsibilities. We're all called to serve. We're all given the great commission to go into all the world, teaching and baptizing. We're all, we all have a responsibility to our local assembly. That's why we pay our tithing. We give, we work, we labor, we volunteer, we lead, we work in all these. All of these things are good. We're all called to serve. But the first thing that the Lord desires for us is for us to be known as a worshiper. I want to get in His presence. If you're too busy to find time to pray, 
pray, then you're too busy. There is something more important than everything else you're doing for God. That is, you need to work on your prayer life. If you're too busy to be able to worship when you come into the house of the Lord, you're distracted. The Lord is calling the church today to say, focus on the good part. That's what I desire the most. The issue is not in choosing good over evil, but in choosing good versus best. It's good that we serve. It's better that we're in His presence. If we're not careful, we'll spend all of our energy encumbered about with much serving. When in all reality, the Lord is most concerned. Get this. I don't want my preaching, my teaching... What we do here, I don't ever want to put people in guilt trips and lead you to the point of you beginning to think that when a message dangles you over hell for not reaching the lost, that's intentional. But don't ever take it so intentional that you allow that to get in the way of you being in his presence. We've read the story. We know the sisters Mary and Martha well. We've answered the questions. Let me ask you, are you more than Mary and Martha? You think you can major on both? You think you can, you can have it both? The truth is within us. We have the potential to be both. But we have to keep our priorities in line. These two sisters have become a vehicle for categorizing ourselves as either those who worship or those who serve. But the fact is, is that we're called to do both. We must be about our master's business in all areas. Martha was in the kitchen, but frustrated with her sister who was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Martha's head was full of thoughts about hosting Jesus and his friends, making sure they were served in grand fashion. Martha became encumbered about all the details of what had to be done. The struggle is between doing and being. We live by doing. This is why we have trouble being. Mary had chosen wisely. She chose the good part. This should not be used to conclude that serving is not necessary, but rather the point is that we must purpose to set aside time to sit at the feet of Jesus and not be consumed in our doing. We are created to live in a Mary's world with Martha moments. But because of the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, we're forced to live in a Martha's world and fight our schedule and the chaos of life for merry moments. We live in a world that glorifies doing over being. It is part of the curse after the fall. Nothing is as easy as it is as it was originally intended to be. Our work, our relationships, and our lives require constant maintenance. We're forced to fight the flesh for merry moments. But I come this morning to remind you it's worth fighting for. 
Take that calendar of yours that's full. You should see mine color-coded, filled with things. I have room to list four major things a day. I usually run off the page with all the things that I have listed. I start crunching things together. It's so easy, but I want to put at the top of my list my time to be alone with the Lord, my time to sit at His feet, my time to worship, my time to be in His presence because while all the other things are important, He says this is the most important. Mary chose the good part. Serving is temporary, but time with Jesus will change your eternal destiny. I come this morning to tell you a meal is temporary, but Jesus is the gift that lasts forever. We live in a Martha's world. We're troubled, we're anxious, and we're distracted, but God created us to be worshipers. The rhythm of life should be Mary first, then Martha. Not Martha first, and then Mary. I wish I had a little help this morning. But the Lord sent me here today to tell you we've got to strike the balance between doing and being. He is seeking such who would worship Him in spirit and in truth. Come on, there must be a Mary in the house today that will say, I've got a million things to do, but I can stop long enough to pray. I can stop long enough to worship. i got a lot that needs to happen today, but the first thing I'm going to do is get in His presence. I'm quickly closing. We're in a church that's on the move. Things are advancing and looking up. Things are happening in a positive way. Wow, one year today in this new building. So much has happened over the last year. The church might not be 100% the way you'd like it to be, but the church is going forward. Things are progressing nicely. I have to reel myself in sometimes because I always want to see things happen more quickly and grow more quickly. But I do know that the church is ordered of the Lord and He has taken us down an ordered path that He wants us on. And He's he's lining the times and the seasons for us in, in an unbelievable way. It's how God works. Some things... Some things that will be transpiring at CLC over the next four to six months is going to be life-altering for many of us. We'll be busy, but somebody needs to reevaluate their priorities because the priorities of the church must not be focused on always doing, but sometimes just being in His presence. Because in His presence, there's freedom. In His presence, the writer said, chains are loosed and lives are healed. They've written it in so many different songs in so many different ways. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. This morning I'm drawn to the idea all I need, everything that fulfills me 
is found in his presence. Do you value his presence over the satisfaction and gratification of doing? Why don't you stand with me this morning? And let me ask you a question. What are you putting ahead of him? What priorities have snuck in unnoticed and taken over your life? What emotions are ruling you? Why don't you just close your eyes right where you are and I want you to think. Think about what's more important than just being in his presence. One moment in his presence can change everything. Sing in your presence. There is freedom. Chains are loose. And lives are healed. Peace is Somebody today would just want to step from where you are and walk to the front of this room just as a sign, maybe just, just a sign to heaven. Just saying, I, I recognize that I have a million responsibilities. But right now, I just want to be in his presence. And you'd walk to the front of this room, not for me, but for your own sake. And you'd just lift hands toward heaven and just say, Everything I need, everything I need, all I need is found, is found in your presence. All I need, all I need, all I need is found in your presence. All I need, that's it, is found in your presence. Why don't somebody just get lost in the presence of God this morning? Get lost in the spirit of worship for a few minutes. Forget about all of your to-do list and all the things that are facing you this next week. Forget about what you left undone at home. But right now, I just need to be in your presence. Everything I need, all I need. moment. All I need, I need is found in your presence. All I need is found in your presence. All I need is found in your presence. Come on, let them know all I need. 
fire.